Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans, and happy Father's Day, and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always. Yes, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, especially all you racing dads that make it possible for us to get wrapped up in the sport that we love so much. It is an extra special happy Father's Day for the Buchanan family, uh, because my brother, my youngest brother, Charles, the former four-cylinder champion at Lancaster Speedway, he and his wife, Jessica, they had their first baby on Friday afternoon. Uh, I become a, became an uncle for the very first time. Uh, Taylor Ann was born Friday at 5 o'clock, and uh, she is happy and healthy. The family's doing great. So a ha- very happy first brother uh, Father's Day to my brother, Charles, and uh, happy Father's Day to all the dads, including my dad and uh, my father-in-law. So I uh, hope you have a great one. Uh, I've got a great day planned. I hope you guys do. i got a great show planned for you here this morning as well, too. It's uh, Gastorama here this morning on Fast Track. We are gonna, we got a bunch of people we're going to talk to, including uh, three different folks here just in this opening segment alone. Uh, coming up in just minutes, you're going to hear from Ranceville Speedway Modified Driver Ryan Susie. Actually, Ranceville and Merrittville Speedway Modified Driver Ryan Susie. Ryan picked up the win last night at Merrittville, but I talked to him actually Friday before we started racing. And uh, he's got a big race coming up this week, something different he's going to try. We're going to talk to Mike Marler, who won the World of Outlaw Late Model feature at Ransomville on Friday night. The first visit by the World of Outlaw Late Models in 13 years. And Mike uh, picked up the win, uh, making a late race pass on Brandon Shepard to get the victory. After that, we'll talk to Michael Printup for Watkins Glen International, our good buddy. Uh, he is, I think, in Iowa this weekend for uh, the uh, Xfinity Truck Series doubleheader. That's in Iowa. The uh, Truck Series ran last night. Brett Moffitt got the win, and the Xfinity Series are racing today at 4 o'clock. Uh, they've got qualifying, I think, like one thirty this afternoon, and the race is at 4. So I believe Michael's out there in Iowa, so he'll be chiming in. Uh, of course, we're closing in on the Salem Six Hours, uh, the sports car race. At the end of the month for the Glen, they just made a, a cool announcement this week, too. Some new, uh, new, some new terrace uh, hospitality Pavilion they're putting up in a new place on the racetrack, so that's coming up at 11.15. And then uh, coming up in the middle segment of the show, something a little bit different. Uh, if you haven't heard, there's this thing called the Great Race, the Hemmings Motor Car Great Race. Uh, it's a Every year it's this really neat event where uh, people in old-time, old race cars, I'm talking like early half of the 20th century type race cars, they have this race that goes across the country from one destination to another. They they pick a different start and end point every year. And uh, it's a fun fun concept. And uh, it actually starts in Buffalo this year. And it's going to be next weekend. It's They, uh, they start at the, uh, the Pierce Arrow 
uh, Museum downtown, I believe, is where it starts. They also have an event in Lockport next weekend, too. So the, uh, one of the folks in charge, he's the director of the event, Jeff Stum, is going to join us at the bottom of the hour to talk about that. Something different. I saw the Buffalo Connection. I thought, why not? It, it involves race cars, so we're going to talk about it and just do uh, something a little bit different. So we're going to talk about that uh, at the bottom of the hour. And then, of course, we'll hit the local racing roundup. But we got to squeeze in a couple interviews here before we get to Michael Prince up. So quickly, let's go to Ryan Susie. Caught up with Ryan before the races on Friday night at Ranceville and talked to him about a number of different things. So here's Ryan Susie here on WGR's Fast Track. Let's start I'm going back to last Friday. That race with Pete. Uh, I've been saying it all week long. One of the best modified races I've ever seen in the, the few short years I worked here at Ranceville. How was it? You finished second. Obviously, you would like to win, but how was it from the driver's seat, first of all? Uh, it was probably one of the more enjoyable races I've ever had here. Uh, the track just it got, was real racy last week. Uh, hats off to the track crew because, you know, they've had some issues last year and it's been this year, but they had it worked out last last week, and uh, track was just real racy, and everybody was pretty uh, pretty clean and giving each other room, but we were all driving you know, elbows up on the throttle, and uh, you know, with one or two to go, there was a restart. I think it was actually four to go, and I cleared Rickner, and I was in second. I'm like, man, we're this close. I just got to go for it, and I messed up a little up in turn one on the last lap, so I went into three, and I said, oh, oh, she sticks. <laughs> Kept it to the floor, and ended up coming across the line, oh, three or four feet short, but I know all the people in the grandstands enjoyed it, and uh, after the, the checkered there, I, me and Pete made a little contact coming out of the moat, and I took the worst of that and had to, had to put some money into the race car to get it back out for this week, but uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, that, that's the kind of stuff that I remember growing up watching guys like Pete and Danny. Those are the races that I really remember, so, you know, hopefully some kids enjoyed that and made some fans, and, you know, hopefully we can do a little bit better tonight and put this thing in victory lane. Uh, you talk about the last life. Yeah, you hit the wall over in turn one. How did that upset the car a lot, or was that just like a little speed bump there on that final lap? Um, I actually think I, most of the damage that I took last week was from that. I hit the bump, right rear bumper up on the concrete, and it tweaked the back end of the frame a little bit, but we were able to use a port of power and straighten it out. And um, Then the next lap, when I tried to move the concrete block with the front end, we took some front end damage, but uh, it's a race car. We got it all fixed up, and I think we'll be good. Uh, obviously, coming in here is the, the multi-time defending track champion. How do you think the modified division of Ranceville has been shaping up so far this year? Uh, these guys are all getting better and better and better. Uh, guys like Pete just ain't slowing down, that's right. for sure. Uh, I think first what, four weeks of the season, me, Pete, and Eric have been in the top four every night. Yeah. So somehow we're third in points, and our worst finish is third. So, um, you know, obviously everybody else, too, is getting a lot better. we got some rookies that are really starting to make ways with uh, Greg Martin and Matt Farnham and uh, guys like Jesse Cutras, a uh, sophomore, but, you know, he's doing really good. So. Mm. All in all, I think it's good. Um, car counts have been dipping pretty much everywhere, so to have 17, 18 cars here and, and pretty good cars at that, it's, it's a good thing. And as long as we can put on a good show for the fans every night, that's all that counts. While you've been week, weekly dedicated to modifies, you've been dabbling in wing sprint cars for the last couple of seasons. We've seen you run some races here and there, some good runs at Ashwikin, uh, the, the outlaw race at Ashwikin, the one you did really well. But this week, you're going to try your hand at wingless sprint car racing. Just tell us your feelings about that and, and how that deal came up about very nervous <laughs> um, something that's completely new to me don't have much experience with uh, even setups really understand what the cars need but I think uh, with my experience in the wing sprints and then obviously driving for Dick Mahoney who's been around the wingless deal for quite a while we'll be able to find something that works for us and going into it my expectations are just hopefully make the race and finish the race and uh, not end up out of the park around my head because my wife would kill me if I get hurt. Uh, she's 
not a fan of the wingless sprint. She wasn't a fan of the wing sprints to begin with. So, you know, to be able to do it, you know, it's, it really is an honor and a great opportunity for me and something hopefully in the future I can do more of. But you got to take the first one, see how it goes, and uh, see what we can do. We were talking before we started recording this that this is also going to be your first time in a 410 cubic engine car. How big is the difference from what you've been told going from a 360 motor to a 410 motor? That How much of that difference does that power make? I'll let you know on Wednesday, I guess. <laughs> um, now, I think the wingless cars, they change the cam in them a little bit from the winged 410, so I'm hoping it's going to be a little bit easier on the... You know, just the initial takeoff, maybe not as much torque as a wing 410. Um, our 360's got pretty good torque and real good horsepower, so uh, I'm guessing this thing's probably going to have another 100, 150 horsepower from what we're at with the winged, um, and obviously no downforce with no wings, so it should be kind of interesting. Luckily, going into it, I think I have the most experience of anybody going into weed sport, so if there's anything that save, might be our saving grace, it's just I know the racetrack. During the winter, you got yourself a new uh, day job, I guess you could say, working over at BRP Bicknell Racing Products. What are you doing with the Bicknells on a daily basis? Uh, right now, I'm mostly in sales and shipping, stuff like that, doing a lot of tech calls. But uh, it's uh, definitely a learning experience coming from. I was an auto mechanic for eight or, eight or nine years. But it's nice to not have to get dirty every day at work and uh, meeting a lot of great people and, and, and getting a lot of new customers and, and uh, really bright broadening my horizons with the uh, racing world, getting to know a lot of guys that before, even though I raced against them, I didn't know on a personal level, so I really enjoy that that aspect of it. And of course, you're a race fan just like the rest of us in your spare time, and you and I and some other friends uh, in the Dirt Modified community, we're in a fantasy NASCAR league, and right now you're beating me. We're, we're one in two. Uh, how dedicated of a fantasy team owner are you? How much uh, study do you put in each week when you set that fantasy lineup? Uh, usually a Sunday about 11 o'clock. I, I remember to, to put my picks in. and uh, I haven't really banked a lot of good picks for later in the season. I've been kind of going all out. So uh, I'm going to have to start putting in some, uh, maybe maybe using Matt DiBenedetto and, and uh, maybe Bubba Wallace a few more times early in the season here before we get to the chase because I want that crown. I don't know what it pays to win this deal. Pride for sure, but... Uh, you know, obviously I'd like to win. I'm competitive in everything we do, so it's, it's been fun, and it gives me a reason to watch NASCAR, so I like that, too. I can tell you're competitive because you constantly ask me about it. I just have it, do it for fun, but you're always, every time I see you in the pits here on Friday nights, you're, you're bringing up the fantasy NASCAR league. I don't ask a lot of drivers this, but do you have, like, a, a favorite NASCAR driver? I grew up probably the biggest Jeff Gordon fan there was. Um, obviously now he retired, and I haven't really latched on to Chase Elliott or uh, any of the Hendrick guys. Jimmy Johnson never really was my thing, but I like Clint Boyer. I like the whole SHR team, you know, Kevin Harvick, those guys. Um, some of the older guys, like Ryan Newman, I like to root for those guys. The younger guys, you know, it's one of those things I haven't watched them enough to really get into it, but uh, pretty much anybody but Penske. I do like Ryan Blaney, but I'm not the, I'm not the biggest Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski fan, although... Uh, um, the Fords are tough this year, that's for sure. I've picked them a lot to win, but generally when I'm when I'm rooting for somebody, it's probably going to be Boyer. So I'm glad he's been able to get to victory lane a couple times this year. Ryan, uh, thanks for the time. Good luck tonight, and good luck this week at Weedsport with the wingless car. All right, I appreciate it, Dave. Thanks. There's Ryan Susie. That was before the races Friday night at Ransom. Unfortunately, he was leading the race, looked to be on his way to win, and then blew the motor with about five la- uh, laps to go. Luckily, he made up for it Saturday at Merrittville as he picked up the win there. So uh, I guess a half-and-half half weekend for Ryan, but... 
Uh, we've had Ryan on the show a bunch of times from when he first won his Street Stock Championship, then Sportsman, and now three modified titles. And he's just a good kid and uh, enjoy talking to him. So glad to catch up with Ryan. Now we kind of fast forward into the Friday evening. This is after the races as uh, Mike Marler from Tennessee picked up the win in the World of Outlaw late model feature at the Big R. Here is Mike uh, chatting, chatting with Mike Marler after his win at, the, at Ransomville Speedway. Mike, congratulations coming to a new track like this. Got to feel good to come out of here with a win. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Awesome amount of racing for us, you know, and uh, fell back probably, you know, ninth or tenth place there at one point in the race and recovered from that and came back up through and ended up getting a win. So uh, definitely a good night. Just what did you think once you got out on the track? Obviously, you've probably never seen this place before. What did you think of the track tonight just coming here for the first time? Definitely a unique shape and uh, a little bit tight going in the corner, so you, you had to be kind of careful there. And but a a lot of room, racing room, leaving the corner. So, uh, so kind of funneled down a little bit on entry, and then widened up where you could race all over it on exits. So, uh, made for an interesting. Uh Interesting uh, line we would use to, to run around there, but uh, but made for, you know it was a lot real racy track too. As you said, you fell back a little bit, but you started coming back through the field there in that long green flag run. At what point did you think, all right, we got a chance, maybe we can catch the one and do something here tonight? Well, I could see the leaders. Uh, I could see I was making ground up on them, and uh, in racing and traffic and gaining on them, you know, knowing that I knew I was in decent shape. So uh, you never know; they could they could always turn up the wick a little bit, you know, when you get close to. But uh, luckily. When I got there, I, didn't, I don't think they were, they were. Their cars were a little bit too loose, uh, and mine was really good, so that worked out. This stretch here last night at State Line here tonight at Ransomville, interesting night, interesting stretch here for the points between last night, what happened between the 44 and the 1, and then your success here tonight. It's just going to be a very long competitive chase for the championship this year, it seems like. Yeah, it is. It's a, uh, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a grind, and uh, definitely a good night for us. And uh, last night, you know, the 44 and the 1 got together on that restart, and I was right in the middle of that too, you know, and I escaped through there and didn't get any, didn't get turned around or hit or anything, so I got lucky there. And uh, but uh, yeah, just uh, it's a grind and and um, uh, a long season, and uh, we just got to go out here night in, night out, and and try to be smart about how we race and and take advantage when we can, and and the nights we don't have it have it in us, you know, just just finish and get decent finishes. When you unloaded here tonight, did you use a, a different track setup to set up a base for tonight, or were you just kind of going off of maybe what you talked to other people? about uh we um you know it's general stuff you know general stuff that i run all over the country really yeah. so uh so uh but definitely we have been working on the car a little bit and uh found a few things that i hadn't been doing that i, that I feel that feeling the car that i like changes that we've made so that's definitely helping and uh but you know all these racetracks we're we're in a pretty close window between all racetracks really and you just get there and fine-tune from there well mike congrats on the win uh, hopefully you guys come back to ransomville next season and, and best of luck the rest of this year with the world of outlaw late models yeah i appreciate it thanks i want to say thanks to all the fans for coming out and uh you know the, the big crowd tonight so had a lot of support up here i appreciate that thank you yeah thank there's Mike Marlar from Winfield, Tennessee, picked up the win Friday night at Ransomville uh, with the World of Outlaw Late Models, as we said. At a very, very nice man. Uh, obviously, uh, the the late model teams, they were in a, a three-race three, three race stretch. They'd ran at State Line the night before in Bus Die, New York, Ransomville, and then they had to head to Ohio six hours away to run on Saturday. So many of the teams had already kind of uh, headed out the door. By the time I got back to the pits after we closed up shop in the tower and I was able to get back to the pits, Mike was still there. Part of the reason is, you know, you're the winner, so you had to go through tech and everything. But still, he was there, and he was signing autographs, talking to fans, and even when we were doing the interview, you know, he, he shook a couple of hands. So very nice gentleman. 
uh, and uh, picking up the win there. And it, it was quite a stretch this weekend for the Wolf of Outlaw late models. Uh, we mentioned the race at State Line on Thursday night. That a little bit of controversy as Brandon Shepard and Chris Madden, who are uh, both challenging Mike for the series points lead. Chris Madden uh, is the series points leader. They a little bit of contact Thursday while racing for the lead, and actually Shepard kind of got into Madden and spun him, which gave Brandon Shepard the lead, and Brandon picked up the win Thursday at State Line uh, with uh, Daryl Bassard out of Pennsylvania finishing second. Marler finished third, then Rick Eckert and Devin Moran uh, round out the top five Thursday at State Line Speedway. And then Friday, Shepard uh, got the lead away um, and looked to be on his way to victory. I thought it was over when, when Shepard took the lead, but then Mike just kind of came through the field and he found something late. I thought maybe Chubb Frank was trying to get something done on the outside on a couple late race restarts, but didn't have the, the long run. Uh, power on the one star car, but Marler got around Shepard, and that that was enough to do. It. And that was a huge, I think, kind of an upset. I mean, uh, just because I Shepard's has the most wins, and he's he's got one of the best cars in the circuit. I thought he was going to come in. Uh, usually, when it's a, a when a series comes in, and it's a bunch of drivers, virtually every driver never seen the place before outside of a couple. It's usually just the guy with the best equipment just because they're going to have the best setup. But uh, Marler came in and picked up the win. Brandon Shepard got second. Chase Youngins, he had a nice run finishing third. Shane Clatton, who we had on the show last Sunday, he finished fourth. And then Chris Madden rounded the top five. Chubb Frank uh, finishing sixth. So And then they went to Wayne County Speedway in Ohio last night. Brandon Shepard got the win there last night. So uh, two wins this weekend for uh, for Shepard. But uh, the points are really uh, tight now after this three-race stretch. Madden has a two-point lead on Mike Marlar, and then Brandon Shepard is uh, 32 back. So the top three has tightened up. Uh, Shane Clanton and Rick Eckert, they lost a little bit of ground on those guys. The top five was a little bit tighter coming into this three-race stretch for the World of Outlaw late models. But uh, it's it's still a long season, obviously. It's a long way until they get to Charlotte in the World Finals. But... uh, Definitely a, a top. The uh, these three guys are going to battle out for the championship. Seems like all year long, and uh, that's good because sometimes you know you get the one guy that kind of just runs away with the series. Um, it's good to, to see the points battle kind of stretch out all the way. Uh, trying to get uh, hope and Michael print up will uh, give us a jingle here at eight oh three oh five fifty. But uh, we got a few minutes here uh, as they've got the Salem six hours at the Glen coming up in just a couple of weeks. Uh, in fact, uh, June twenty eighth through July first, so uh, two weeks from today they'll be thick into the Salem six hours. Uh, they actually do have an event at the Glen next weekend too, the SCCA Major Supers Tour. So they've got a couple back to back big sports car events here over the next two weekends at Watkins Glen International. They made a big announcement this week. They've announced a brand new Turn 10 Terrace Hospitality Area, which is uh, kind of an action-packed part of the course there over in Turn Number 10. It's a big um, it's kind of like the one they built in the S's last year, where it's just a, a big stand, and it's got a patio, and you can, and they, they're going to have tents up there and you can just kind of sit up there and watch the race and eat and drink and have a great time and be in the thick of it right there over in turn 10 but uh, they announced that uh, just this week and apparently that the one they built in the s's was so popular uh that that that's what led them to build this new one that they're building this new one in fact uh, it's supposed to be uh, ready to go for the NASCAR weekend the first weekend in august the goldbowling.com uh, at the Glen. Uh, that should be set to go so uh, they, their uh, t- ticket packages are available. I did see a report recently that the reserve seating, the grandstand seating, they have about 35,000 reserve seats. They are almost sold out once again on the reserve seating there at Watkins Glen, which I believe this would be the third year in a row. Obviously, they have lots of other seating around the facility. Big, uh, The big 
road course that it is. So you know, there'll be plenty of general admission tickets, or if you know you want to get one of these uh, new Turn Ten Terrace tickets, obviously still plenty of tickets available. But if you want those reserve seats in those big grandstands, whether it's in the on the front stretch or in the S's or everything, uh, those apparently are going to be sold out uh, very soon, if not definitely uh, by the time they get to uh, NASCAR weekend in August there at Watkins Glen. So unfortunately, couldn't touch base with Michael, but uh, I believe he is uh, in Iowa this weekend, so he might be busy working, helping out the folks over there at the Iowa Speedway. And uh, so we'll hopefully catch up with, again, uh, Michael very soon. Uh, NHRA is in action this weekend. They're in Bristol, Tennessee, the Thunder Valley. Of course, the uh, they have the drag strip there in Bristol to go along uh, with the uh, stock, uh, the, the uh, Oval, of course, but they also have the drag strip there in Bristol, the Thunder Valley Nationals this weekend. Uh, and uh, over in Pro Stock, Greg Anderson got his 100th number one qualifier uh, yesterday. So the uh, four-time champion has been number one qualifier 100 times in his uh, NHRA national event career. Clay Milliken and Courtney Force uh, taking the top qualifier spot in their respective categories. Clay Milliken in top fuel and Courtney Force in funny car. Uh, last weekend in Virginia, the, the NHRA national event, was uh, down there, and Mike Janis got the win in Pro Modified. Uh, Mike, of course, uh, from Elma, Janssen Racing Engines over there on Transit Road, and uh, Mike got his first or second, I, I think maybe his second, definitely, I can't remember now if it's his first or second uh, NHRA win of the year, but uh, definitely got the win last weekend in Virginia as he's in that very competitive Pro Modified category. Of course, we caught up with Mike earlier this year after he spent some time in the Middle East doing some testing this winter in Qatar. Uh, so Mike got the win uh, last weekend at Virginia. He is qualifier number four on the Pro Modified ladder this weekend in Bristol. So uh, he is uh, you know, right in the thick of things there in the Pro Modified category. Such a, a competitive one. Um, uh, for the Pro Modified Championship, and I'm trying to pull up the points here quickly just to see how Mike is doing overall uh, coming into this weekend. Let's see how fast the old uh, hamster wheel gets spinning here on the computer. Uh, and actually, Mike leads the points. How about that? He's got a two-point lead over Ricky Smith, who is probably the best in the business when it comes to Pro Modified Racing. So Mike is actually the points leader headed to uh, Brist- in Bristol this weekend. So that's great to see with uh, Ricky Smith in second. Uh, Khalid Albalushi, who is uh, Mike's teammate, uh, he is currently seventh in points. But So Mike is the points leader. That would be cool if he could uh, pull up his championship. He's got two IHRA World Championships. Uh, but that would be something to, to add the NHRA World title if he can do it. Still a long season. But uh, great to see Mike having some success uh, on the NHRA circuit for Pro Modifieds. All right, when we come back, we're going to, again, talk about something different. The Great Race, which begins in Buffalo this year. We're going to talk all about it with Jeff Stum, who is the director of the Great Hemmings Motor Car Great Race. He's going to explain everything and how you can be a part of it next weekend as it starts right here in Buffalo at the Pierce Arrow Museum. And I believe they have an event Friday in Lockport, too. So we're going to talk about that when we get back here on this Father's Day edition of Fast Track here on WGR. Hi, this is Martin Truex Jr., driver of the number 78 Furniture Road Toyota. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. Of course, Martin and the rest of the NASCAR Cup Series drivers, they're off this weekend. No cup race. Uh, they're back in action next weekend at Sonoma, California for the first road course race of the season. That means the last race of the year for Fox. Woohoo! No more DW, no more Michael Waltrip, no more Gridwalk for another year as uh, NBC, of uh, course. Or no, they have Daytona too, right? I think. No, I don't know. Uh, but uh, it's almost almost over uh, with with NASCAR and Fox for another year. I just get excited because uh, it's 
I, I love Mike Joy. You know, Larry McReynolds is great. Jeff Gordon's good, too. Just put those guys in the booth and get rid of everybody else. Get rid of Chris Myers, you know. Just, ugh. I'm, I'm hoping Dale Jr. does a much better job when he starts with the NBC folks uh, at Chicagoland uh, the first weekend in July. So, <laughs> But uh, the Truck Series, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been losing my voice this week and it's been bad. Uh, truck Series ran l- last night at the Iowa Speedway. Brett Moffitt got the win. Noah Gregson finishing second. Harrison Burton, the uh, teenage son of Jeff Burton, uh, got his first career pole and then finished third. David Gilland, fourth. Johnny Sauter rounded out the top five. Then it was Jesse Little, Cody Coughlin, Christian Eckes, Stuart Friesen, and Myatt Snyder in the top ten. And with another top ten finish, to, uh, Stuart Friesen moves into a tie for fourth uh, in the Truck Series uh, point standings coming out of this race at Iowa. So Stuart's really got himself in prime position to make the playoffs uh, in the Truck Series, which is huge. That'll be a big boost. Uh, for that team uh, with the uh, bonus money that comes with uh, making the playoffs. So uh, he is tied with Grant Enfinger uh, coming out of Iowa. And actually, Stewart is the highest in points without a win yet this year. The three guys above him in the standing, Sauter, Gregson, and Moffitt, they all have won this year. Of course, Johnny Sauter leads the, the series with four wins. But Stewart, uh, three top fives, six top tens, uh, three stage wins. Only three playoff points, though. That Obviously uh, not good going into the playoffs. But, uh, man, just what a year for Stu. And uh, great to see him have some success. And hopefully he will break through with that first win. Uh, the 2019 tr- truck and Xfinity Series schedules came out this week. And really not much to say uh, outside of, of course, they, they have the official Gander Outdoor Truck Series now next year instead of uh, Camping World, which is owned by the same guy. Uh, he's just putting a different brand on it for next year. But the the biggest change in the schedule is the race at Eldora, actually. Uh, that, that race at Eldora has always kind of been late July, usually right around. It was traditionally when Indianapolis, the cup race at Indy, was that late July date. It was always kind of the same week, made it real easy for folks to go back and forth. Uh, between the two, but I guess since uh, Eldora, uh, or excuse me, since Indy's Cup race moved into to the end of the regular season, of course, that on top of, I think, uh, Roger Slack and the folks at Eldora, I think they put in a request, too, for a schedule change, that the Eldora truck race is moving to the first week of August, uh, starting in 2019, and I probably don't blame the folks at Eldora because... It's a very hectic week for them because the weekend before they have the Kings Royal, which is their big one of their biggest sprint car races of the year the weekend before. So they got two of their three biggest events within a span of days. So I'm sure it's part of the reason why they maybe put in for that schedule change. So uh, the Eldora Truck Race uh, moves to the first week of August uh, next year. So that that's kind of interesting. You got you'll have the uh, truck race uh, during the week, and then that'll go right into the Cup date at uh, Watkins Glen. So if you're someone that likes to uh, hit up all the big uh, NASCAR National Series events, you've got both of those events now in the same week uh, as uh, the schedules came out. The Xfinity Series against races today uh, at Iowa. They haven't even qualified yet. That's coming up at uh, 1.30 this afternoon. Uh, the 24 Hours of Le Mans was uh, this weekend at the Circuit de la Sarthe. And uh, the Toyotas finally broke through and got their win. They had been uh, struggling the last couple of years with some mechanical issues, but finally Toyota gets their win at Le Mans as the team of Sebastian Buemi, Kazuka, Kazuki Nakajima, and Fernando Alonso, the F1 driver, of course, uh, winning there uh, the overall and in LMP1. So uh, Toyota actually took the uh, the top two podium spots, uh, a one-two sweep for the big Toyota teams there at Le Mans, and uh, interesting. I will admit I didn't get to watch the race; just busy this week uh, between 
uh, doing some running around and uh, working at Lancaster last night. But interesting for American race fans, they had the entire race uh, on one network, the entire 24 hours, the Velocity Network, which I didn't—I I will admit, I didn't even bother to look if I had the Velocity Network, but they showed all 24 hours continuously on television, uh, basically just kind of taking the uh, uh, British feed and showing it here in the States, but that was a little bit different. Last couple of years, of course, uh, I think it's been on the Fox Sports family channel, so it, it would bounce from FS1 to FS2 to just watching on the app or whatever, but... Uh, Velocity showed all 24 hours of the race at Le Mans this weekend. So if you're into sports car racing, I hope you had a chance to enjoy it this weekend and didn't have to go hunting on channels and apps to watch the entire race. Speaking of great races, the great race, the Hemmings Motor Car Great Race, is starting in Buffalo next weekend. And joining us on the line is the director of the great race, Jeff Stum is on the line. Jeff, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Doing fantastic. And uh, I will admit, I don't know a ton about this event, so I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. But uh, next next weekend, right here in Buffalo, you are kicking off your, uh, what is this, the 35th year of this event? It is a 35th uh, uh, event. It's the Hemmings Motor News Great Race presented by Haggerty. And it's a old car race across the country each year. And this year, we're actually adding a neat twist that we're going into uh, Canada. We'll be... A, uh, starting in Buffalo Saturday, this coming Saturday, the 23rd, at the Pierce Arrow Museum. Mm-hmm. And nine days later, we'll finish in Halifax, Nova Scotia. So a cross a cross border uh, event, and uh, one of the neat things about this event is it's for uh, you know old time uh, racing cars, uh, classic cars. As uh, race cars have to be built in 1972 or older, so it's a very kind of vintage look for many of the cars that compete in this event. It is. There's uh, the oldest car in the race is a 1916. Hudson. It's a Pikes Peak Hill Climber that won the very first Pikes Peak Hill Climb in 1916. Hmm. We have a uh, 1917 Peerless. It's called the Green Dragon. It's an Indianapolis race car from 1917. And a 1918 American LaFrance fire engine. And it's chain driven. So those, those are the three oldest cars in the great race. And about half the field is pre-World War II, and the other half is post-World War II. I got you. And the key here, too, it's not your traditional race. It's not who can kind of get there the fastest. Uh, just explain uh, the, the strategy and, and how you win the great race, because it's not just going fast. It's also uh, just being able to follow follow direction and be consistent, right? It is. It's a, it's a race of accuracy and endurance. Uh, it, it's a challenging event. It's a rally. It's a time, speed, distance rally. We're mm-hmm. given a set of instructions each morning. Uh, all they are allowed to have is a, is their speedometer. So they don't have an odometer. Uh, they they have a speedometer and a stopwatch, and we use street signs, and we measure the distance between certain street signs uh, for 2,300 miles. And it's who does it the most accurately that's the winner. Mm-hmm. Who drives the speed, the correct speed the best, who makes all the turns the best, who can handle the tractor in the road uh, the best, or the school bus that is stopped in front of you. <laughs> Those are all uh, a part of the, the game, if you will. And, uh, and, yeah, no GPS, no using their iPhone to get directions. they got to do it the old-fashioned way. Very much old-fashioned with a pencil and paper, and they are allowed a stopwatch, 
it might tell them to go at a certain sign to drive uh, 50 miles an hour for three minutes and 20 seconds and then drop to 40 miles an hour. Mm. So they are allowed a, a stopwatch for some of the maneuvers. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, There's secret checkpoints anywhere between four or, you know, even up to six or seven checkpoints a day. And they don't know where the checkpoints are, so they have to stay on course and, and stay on time uh, all day if you're going to be the winner. Uh, tell the folks listening, uh, of course, it does start in Buffalo. Uh, in addition to the start of the race, what events do you have planned here coming up this week and going into the start of the race that fans can come and check this out, whether it's just to see some of the cars on display or to actually see the start of the race? Tell us where and when. Well, yeah, the people will start arriving uh, as early as tomorrow. Um, we, we're expecting uh, uh, several truckloads of um, cars being delivered by reliable carriers from all over the country. Uh, I know that in uh, 1918 American La France I was telling you about is, is being delivered tomorrow. The Adams mark is, the, uh, is ground zero for everything that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the host hotel. There's 500 people in our total entourage from all over the world. Wow. Teams from Japan, uh, Germany, Canada, uh, England, Australia, and all over the United States. And the uh, Adams Mark obviously has all the uh, facilities for all of our meetings. And uh, so starting Wednesday especially, uh, there will be a lot of of cars there – Thursdays are registration and technical inspection all day long in the parking lot at the Adams Mart. The, the cars will be um, uh, inspected so that everything uh, works, horns, lights, brakes, you name it, uh, before the, they go out and, and do anything. And then Friday we have our, our general meeting, a rally school, and then they'll actually go for a practice rally uh, Friday starting about 1130 uh, we're going to run up to Lockport for lunch, and then they'll go uh, around in the rural areas. Uh, this this is not the straightest uh, event. We go a lot of crooked roads. We mm-hmm. wind around in circles a lot because the whole idea is to put these cars through maneuvers. Yeah. And it's very rural roads um, where we can have a lot of stop signs, a lot of twists and turns. Uh, but the cars will be in Lockport Friday uh, on the trophy run on Main Street right there at the uh, where the five locks are mm-hmm. uh, from uh, noon till about 2.30. Okay. Uh, each, each car does the same route, but they do it one minute apart. Gotcha. So there's a new car coming in every minute. Just like on Saturday at the Pierce Harrow Museum, there'll be a car leaving every minute starting at 10.30 in the morning. And both days, uh, anyone can come on down and check that out, whether they want to go up to Lockport for the trophy run or if they want to see the start of the actual race on Saturday morning there at the Pierce Arrow. Anybody's welcome to come down? Absolutely. It's always free to the public. Uh, the Pierce Arrow Museum is a, is a fantastic place, uh, and the, the streets will be closed, and all the cars will be on display actually starting at 8 o'clock uh, Saturday morning. 
That's very cool. Uh, yeah, very uh, exciting to see that it uh, was starting in Buffalo. I, I actually, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Brent Polly, is on the Team Max Auto uh, team. Uh, they, he's competed the last couple of years, so he's excited about this because he's from Lockport, so that's ho- his hometown. So he's looking forward to uh, Friday. And yeah, you Lockport, you pick a good place to find winding roads. There's there's a lot of winding roads up there in Niagara County. I'm sure you had uh, plenty of options to plan the route for the trophy run. Well, we had a lot of reasons to go to Lockport. Uh, obviously, Brent and, and Rick McIntosh uh, and Chris Wallace are all from, from Lockport Yeah, uh, on that Max team. And, of course, Max, through its parent company, Eckler's. Eckler's is a sponsor of the great race. And uh, they've been in a race before, and uh, we, we just wanted to go up there. And the people of Lockport have really done a great job uh, of getting ready for that Friday uh, uh, practice run. And then, uh, of course, uh, Buffalo. I mean, yep. my goodness, Buffalo is one of the one of the. We were in Buffalo in 2012 on the Great Races, an overnight stop. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, your town has just in the the last six years since we were there has just grown by leaps and bounds. All the development downtown. Yeah, it's just one of the one of the more exciting cities that we've been to in the last you know six eight years. Well, appreciate that. Uh, real quick, if fans want more information or, or a little and, and to find a schedule, where can they go to get some more information about the Great Race? GreatRace.com. Very cool. Well, Jeff Stum, uh, best of luck. Hopefully you have gorgeous weather next weekend, and uh, hopefully you have a great event throughout from uh, Buffalo all the way to Halifax, Nova Scotia. The Hemmings Motor News, great race presented by Haggerty. It, again, starts in Buffalo next weekend. Jeff, thank you so much for the time, and, again, best of luck next weekend. Thanks, Dave. All right, Jeff Stum from the Great Race, uh, GreatRace.com for more information. Again, Friday in Lockport, and then Saturday morning at the Pierce Arrow Museum. It's free if you just want to go down and see these cars. Uh, just go on the website. You see see a lot of pictures. Give you a kind of an, a taste of what uh, you can uh, you'll be able to see uh, if you go down either one of those days. It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I know they and they get some TV coverage on ESPN too. But it uh, just seems like a neat event. So, and since it started in Buffalo, I thought it'd be fun to talk about. Uh, we come back. Uh, Michael Printup checked in, so I think we're going to quickly speak with him and squeak, squeeze in the local racing roundup too as we wrap up this Father's Day edition of Fast Track here on WGR. Eleven fifty here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty, and we are quickly going to the hotline to bring in the president of Watkins Glen International. Michael Printup is on the line. Michael, good morning. Happy Father's Day, my friend. Hey, Dave. Thank you very much, and the same to you. Um, it's great to have me on and. Uh... Sorry, I'm running late. I was actually opening up my cards, and all of a sudden I looked at my watch and went, oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Well, we uh, thank you for taking time on Father's Day. Sorry to interrupt your uh, family time. Uh, Were were you up at the Iowa Speedway this weekend? I was. I just came uh, came back Saturday. I was out there uh, Friday and Saturday. So, um, uh, you know, great place. That was my first time to that racetrack out in Newton, Iowa, and uh, it's a great facility, and it was just a lot of fun to be there. Uh, of course, David Hyatt, the new track president, formerly of MRN. Uh, uh, what do you think, Michael? It, it has its place on the Xfinity and Truck Series schedules, but Iowa always gets bandied about as a potential Cup Series venue. Do you think it should stay truck and Xfinity only, or do you think it has a future on the Cup Series schedule? You know, I, I think you still got some growing to go to do there, and I think uh, keeping it truck and Xfinity for maybe another year or two, and then maybe if they, if they can find out, you know, we're all in these long-term sanction agreements. Yep. So nothing could really happen until, uh, I think, Dave, it's 2022 or 2023 Yeah. Uh, with our long-term sanction agreement. So 
you know, it, it's a great place. It would it would be an awesome race if you put the Cup guys there. Uh, well, you've got some busy weeks coming up here, Michael. Next weekend, the SCCA Major Super Tour, and then two weeks away from uh, your first big event of the year, the Salem Six Hours of the Glen. Uh, how are things uh, shaping up for these two big road racing events the next two weekends? It, it's, uh, you know, it, it's summertime, as you know. <laughs> it's our first indicator when, when the SCCAs come in, and that's a lot of fun. But uh, the Salem Six Hour Race, as you know, it's the, it's the pinnacle of, of sports car racing. You know they're in and they're in Le Mans this weekend mm-hmm. over in France, and then they uh, they tour back here to the states and jump in here at Watkins Glen International. It's a lot of fun. Tickets are going really well again. Uh, knock on wood, we're still exceeding plans. So I uh, uh, gotta love sailing six hour event at Watkins Glen International. Yeah, one of the hallmarks of your schedule. But you had a, a fun announcement this weekend. Uh, more construction there at the track, Mike. You got a, a new a Turn 10 Terrace Hospitality Area going up in time for a NASCAR weekend in August. Uh, real quick, just just tell us about it and how this idea came to fruition. Yeah, well, you, you know, we added the S's deck, uh, party deck, um, and Turn 2 there on the top, mm-hmm. and it sold out. And we couldn't believe how fast it sold out for both IMSA and NASCAR. Mm-hmm. So we went back to the board and asked for more money. We're putting up another deck. So instead of putting grandstands up, we're putting these decks. They're more social. They're more fun. And these decks are going to – they're just a lot of fun. So we're going to – we're not going to have it done in time for IMSA, obviously, but we're going to have it done for uh, NASCAR. And then, um, you know, it'll be tented. So it'll be outside. There'll be uh, adult beverages, concession food, uh, buffet service. It'll be a lot of fun and a great view of Turn 10 heading into Turn 11. Yeah, a lot of action in that part of the course, Michael. What does a, a ticket there, does that, is that just admission or does, is there food or something? What's involved if, if someone buys a ticket for There's, that area? It's, um, it's a, uh, an inclusive package that includes food and beverage every day. Um, and beer, uh, beer and wine for the adults are, are included. Or I'm sorry, soft beverages are included. Uh, beer and wine, are, are they're $2 for beer, $3 for wine. It's really reasonable price. Yeah. But the food comes, soda, water-free, um, and I believe it's just around $300 for the entire weekend. So, um, again, you get fed every single day, and you get, to, you get to have a really great time and great view. Fantastic. Uh, of course, that is for the, the GoBowling.com at the Glen, of course, coming up this August. And, Michael, I hear uh, tickets uh, reserve seating is going very well once again for your NASCAR weekend. Yeah, but we're uh, we're well ahead of plan again uh, for the fourth year in a row, so we anticipate another sellout. So um, we added more general admission area, though. We extended the berm, uh, the berm in turn 11. We mm-hmm. the um, uh, capacity for about another two or 300 people. So you got a nice viewing. you got the big screen sits across the track from you. Um, so we're, we're adding reserved areas and general admission areas. We're just trying to keep the entire fan base occupied uh, with the great viewing of the Glen. What have you thought so far? We're about halfway through the, the regular season uh, in the Cup Series. What have you thought of the action so far this year? I, I think it's awesome. I mean, obviously, Kevin, Kevin's got something uh, that's in that car that's making it click. But, uh, you know, you got some other guys on there now that uh, uh, are, are right biting at his tail. But uh, I think the action's awesome. Uh, you know, I think that the competition's great. You know, that restrictor plate they put in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be awesome to see the road course in, in Charlotte this fall. Um, but I, I think the competition's there. I wish I was doing better at my fantasy game. Um, but uh, I'm a lousy picker on the fantasy game. But uh, I'm having a lot of fun, and we got a good team going.
Well, Michael, you'll be happy to know I, I'm in here in the studio, and they've got they got the uh, the golf on in here in the studio, and one of your TV commercials just came on. So the word's getting out there for the Salem Six Hours at the Glen. Uh, that, again, coming up in two weeks, theglen.com for more information and tickets. Michael, I'll let you get back to the family here on this Father's Day. Thank you for the time, and we'll uh, catch up again soon. Dave, thanks a lot. I appreciate you having me on. All right, Michael Prince from Watkins Glen International as uh, they get ready to host the Salem Six Hours at the Glen, uh, the big – They've got racing all week on all sorts of different uh, road racing events throughout the weekend, but the big show is on uh, Sunday with the six-hour sports car event. It is cool. If you've only been for the NASCAR, just go for this. There, it's a, a lot more interactive. You can go, you can see a lot more, do a lot more. It's a ton of fun. I got, I have friends that go over here. They have a blast camping out. Uh, so check that out at theglen.com. Quickly, let's run through some race results from this weekend. Mike, don't worry about the bed. I'll just uh, run through them here. Friday night action, uh, Lancaster Dragway. Dale Eckert uh, took two classes on Friday night. He's an 11-time track champion. He won both uh, top and mod ET. Mike Nowak won top eight eliminator. Lucas Salemi getting the win in bikes and sleds. And Derek Kovac getting the win. Uh, in Street ET Friday night at Lancaster. Uh, Ranceville Friday, of course, we talked about Mike Marler's big win in the World of Outlaw late model event. Pete McNell got his third win of the year in the Modifieds, and Chris Burek picked up the Sportsman win Friday at the Big R. Uh, Freedom uh, Raceway Park, uh, Freedom Motorsports Park, that is. They had twin modified features on Friday, and the first race went Matt Williamson first, Billy Van Pelt second. Second feature went Billy Van Pelt first, Matt Williamson second. So they flip-flopped uh, between the two features, and actually every modified feature this year at uh, Freedom, it's been either uh, Van Pelt or Williamson finishing first or second. Uh, Brad Rouse got the Sportsman win, Dennis Cummings in Street Stocks, and Chris Leone got the win in the Mini Stocks, the former Ranceville champion. Uh, Saturday Night Action, let's head over to Lancaster, of course. They had the big Sportsman SummerSlam 75-lap event. Chuck Hosfeld holding off Patrick Emmerling in another chapter of their rivalry that we've seen a lot of the last couple of seasons. Uh, Owen Bednass finishing third. Andy Crying got his third straight win in the street stocks. Um, in the TQ Midgets, Kyle Hutchinson getting the win. And in the four cylinders, Dan Dressel getting his second win of the year in the four cylinders there Saturday night at Lancaster. Um, Genesee Speedway on Saturday night, David Pangrazio getting the crate late model win. Jim Harpison getting the sportsman win over Kyle Inman and Austin Susie. Dave Dubois in the 360 late models. Dennis Cummings, second win of the weekend. He got a street stock win at Genesee Saturday night. Chris Leone, second win of the weekend. And then Allison DeWitt getting the win in the Bandits uh, Saturday night at Genesee Speedway. And Merrittville Speedway last night, I am pulling that up as we speak. Ryan Susie, as we mentioned uh, earlier in the program, of course, uh, he got his win uh, making up for the blown motor Friday night at Ransomville. Uh, Ryan getting the win over Chad Brockman and Gary Lindbergh. It was James Michael Friesen getting his second sportsman win of the year. Brad Sheehan in the Hoosier stocks. Uh, RJ Pitts, first ever win in the Mod Lights. Anthony Kelly in the mini stocks and Adam Plaza getting his fifth win of the year in their new six-cylinder division. And I overlooked from Friday night uh, the track at Hillside Holland Speedway, and I'm trying to cycle to the uh, feature winners. I know Neil Dietz got the win in the Sportsman. Kyle Hutchinson got the win in the TQ Midgets. Ken Maltby, another street stock win. And Kenny Haina, another four-cylinder win there Friday night over at Holland. I apologize for initially uh, looking that over, but I remembered halfway through this spiel to uh, include their results. So great weekend, man. Probably weather-wise, both Friday and Saturday, maybe the best weekend of the year so far for local racing. It's really uh, Mother Nature's redeeming herself for the crappy uh, April and the first half of May that was so crappy. And, of course, the second half of May was just ridiculously uh, hot. But uh, 
good to see Mother Nature redeeming herself, and we've had a good, nice run here these last few weeks. Uh, if you are looking to take Dad to the races tonight, you can head over to the Humberstone Speedway. They've got another show tonight at 6.30. I am out of time. Thank you so much. Happy Father's Day. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next Sunday here on WGR. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 